you wanted the best, you got the best. Would you settle for slightly above average? All right then, have we got a show for you. Coming to you live out of the Gutter Man Cave in beautiful Louisville, Kentucky. Here are your hosts, Andre Dominguez and Mike Gutterman with the Negative Positives Podcast. Yes, 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 yes. Hello and welcome to the Negative Positives Podcast, episode number 246. I'm your host, Mike Gutterman, coming to you from the Gutterman Cave for the midweek episode. And this has been a long night of podcasting tonight because we just finished doing the uh, Sunday recording with uh, Ian Barnaby Nutt. Hope everybody enjoyed that episode. But uh, Andre is still on the line with me, and we're we're going to do like in a little old school sort of Mike and Andre episode because I'm off work this week, and uh, it just seemed like something we needed to do. And, and actually, uh, I'll be out of town next week, so we're going to be missing some podcasts next week. So we felt like... Uh, kind of a good way to kick off a, a little a little break from negative positives uh, podcasting that it could be a good way to kind of end with a little a little classic Mike and Andre show. So how, how do you feel about that, Andre? I feel very good. I have <laughs> traded my whiskey after uh, three of them for some some nice uh, you know black tea, and uh, I'm ready to roll. <laughs> well, you're you're a wiser man than I because I'm still drinking beer. So, uh, but we'll see. And I, and I still have a lot of editing to do once we get done with this. So, the, well, it's your we'll it's your it's your you know weak sauce sixty four calorie diet beer, isn't it? <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it's very it's very watery. So I'm not not I'm not quite sure that I even have a buzz yet. Which I'm, I'm not even quite sure why I drink it. I should just be drinking water. But uh, uh, so, but yeah. Uh, so it's it's. Uh, I don't know. I think uh, we kind of talked about our weeks a little bit uh, on uh, the Sunday episode, uh, but I think uh, we both have kind of some big trips uh, kind of going on in the next uh, couple of days or so. So kind of want to get into that. Uh, and, and Andre, you might have had a little bit more about your week. I think maybe you wanted to talk about it or whatever. But uh, Andre, what do you got going on, man? Like, let's uh, let's let's have, let's have a, one of these old school negative <laughs> positive chats. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I, I've got a few things kind of going on recently uh as i as i mentioned um we're we're in this unique position right now where uh not only does mike own more leicas than i do mike <laughs> owns a leica and i don't um my m3 my m6 you know uh went I to say, I, will, I will say andre you got to work on your you got to work on your leica voice man like uh, <laughs> i don't know like i feel like you need to get more of a love, love kind of love connection kind of voice when you talk about your like. Uh, I, I, you got to sex it up a tad, you know. But uh, oh uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> uh, the M6 went went away uh, a while ago, a few months ago, uh, to uh, to a new happy loving family. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the M3, the uh, Summicron dual range with the goggles. And the 3F with original German import papers that I bought from uh, Johnny Sisson himself uh, a few years ago uh, made their way over to Bellamy Hunt, a.k.a. Japan Camera Hunter, in Tokyo for a uh, consignment sale. And I just received notice that the M3 and the Summicron Dual Range uh, actually did sell. So Mm. there's going to be a little chunk of change heading over my way in the not-too-distant future, which uh, will make things like... The F100 that has stolen my heart, a reality, that 60 millimeter 2.8 macro uh, D lens, you know, become hopefully a, a reality pretty soon. 
the HP Instant Ink program yes. with an HP printer, <laughs> so I can finally start printing some of my work. And I, I'm ashamed to admit that I'm not as organized as Mike is in kind of keeping, you know, track in a notebook of all the people that have sent things to me. But I do have all of like the prints and zines and things that are sent. And thankfully, most of you have uh, have taken pictures of them. I mean, not taken pictures of them, have signed them. If they aren't signed, I will probably be taking a picture of said print or who sent or me anything, this <laughs> or anything like this and be like, hey, I'd love to send you a print. I don't remember who's this. Is. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is a uh, pretty, pretty exciting um, moving forward, I am, you know, prepping right now. Uh, as soon as Mike and I are done recording this, I'm actually going to continue just organizing the apartment and getting everything ready because my parents are actually visiting from Miami. Uh, they're going to be spending the, the 4th of July uh, weekend plus a few days on either end uh, down here in Southern California. Which actually, so when, this, when this podcast comes out, it will be 4th of July, so uh, well, happy, happy 4th of July, America. Day, all so, Americans. Yeah. Um, so I've got the you know slide projector with like the full uh, Yosemite and Sequoia trip that we did together, all sequenced up, all ready to go, pre-focused, aiming here at a blank white wall. Um, all we got to do is, you know, make some, some popcorn and uh, <laughs> have, a, have a grand old time. Oh, that's um, awesome. But prepping for our, our trip, uh, we're going to be doing a couple of things. Uh, we're going to be heading down to San Diego for a couple of days. It's a city that you know none of us know particularly well. I was only there for a few hours with Robert Lanez at the uh, Safe Light Labs uh, Community Darkroom grand opening. So I, I do definitely want to, to bring them there. I need to call Rob and, and Katie and ask if they are going to be in town, uh, if they are able to you know, uh, show us around a little bit or, uh, just grab, you know, lunch with, with them, with, uh, uh, Juan and his family over at the, the beers and the OG beers and cameras crews Just see, you know, who's, who's around, who's available, who's doing anything fun and interesting in, in San Diego at that time. Uh, and upon our return, we are going to be hitting up a few dealerships to finally end this, no car situation <laughs> in Southern California. I'm assuming you're, a God I'm assuming you're going. You're only going to like four dealerships, right? That's pretty much. What uh, you're no, actually, yeah. I'm, I'm. I'm pretty sure I'm heading over to Japan. <laughs> no, you know what? You, you you damn millennials and your damn import cars, man. Like I don't understand it. Like you gotta you gotta buy American, man. Like you know you gotta keep. Uh, uh, yeah. No, <laughs> so. the only hits I'll give is that all. You know, uh, I, I might be echoing the. The blue and you know adventurous and, and Japanese nature of my of my uh, Seiko Alpinist in my vehicle uh, choices. Um, hate it, hate it. <laughs> I, no, I really, I really am uh, excited for that. Having a car is going to completely open up my my photographic opportunities. Being able to to go out and, and visit folks like you know Mike Padua and, and Joey Reddy and Roxana Angles and uh, just really really am looking forward to to having a car so uh what am i going to be you know packing shooting etc for all of this uh a couple of things in the um package that was sent to me that included the 60 millimeter uh macro uh from the the wonderful junior wyatt uh is also the payment for the olympus trip that will be in the box with the 60 going back to him uh pro uh, 
probably <laughs> at the end of this week when when we're back from uh from our trip to San Diego, well, uh, Junior. If you're waiting for a package from Andre, you just expect <laughs> it to be like six months. I'm still waiting on one. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, moving on. Um, he included in that package, as you know, our agreement for the trade of the Olympus Trip 35, uh, five rolls of Ilford Pan F50 in 120 that I'll be shooting in the uh, Roloflex, and then uh, probably just shooting some some Devil X in the Olympus XA. Uh, I really do miss. Um, shooting that camera and i recently found the little side mounted a11 flash which i've honestly never used before uh but i do like the fact that given that the olympus xa is a, a rangefinder and you can actually see the the, you know, the focus distance that you're at um which they only have markings for 2.8 feet four feet and eight feet which i mean in those distances, at, at this kind of stage of my zone focusing journey, I'm very confident knowing, you know, what's, you know, judging those distances. So in low light, I feel pretty comfortable uh, just kind of setting that to the either uh, ISO 100 or 400 uh, and just letting the camera do its thing as long as I'm at the right distance. So I think that that combo is going to be uh, pretty fun. Some of you may be thinking like, oh, well, you're always talking about, oh, if my parents are here, I'm going to be shooting slide film so that, you know, I can project it. Well, you know, yes and no. The reason why I decided to go against uh, slide film for this trip is that I do want to have a balance between uh, slide and black and white so that I can make darkroom prints uh, because I don't want all of our, you know, family trips and things to be only on slide. I do want the experience of, you know, giving them darkroom prints of pictures, especially portraits of them oh, yeah. that I took um, on these trips. Uh, I remember kind of going back a, a little ways, a uh, trip that we went out, that we made out to, to Iowa uh, to, to spend Christmas and New Year's with my sister that I took probably you know my favorite portrait of them with the roloflex with you know black and white film uh and i want to do that again uh ideally i'd want to you know make those darkroom prints at safe flight um i don't think that we're going to have enough time there for me to develop and and you know make test print you know test strips and test prints while we're still there but that just means that the next time that they uh come over i hope <laughs> to be able to give them a, a black and white print are your parents so, uh, like even even remotely interested in the process, the chemical process that uh, what it takes to like you know take film from uh, a shot to uh, the final product? Are they, do they have any interest in that process at, at all, or is it like oh, whatever? Why not? Why don't you just shoot it in digital? It'd be a lot quicker. <laughs> like what's their, what's their? They uh, they understand that I'm passionate about it, and they do kind of you know always. Uh, poke fun they're like oh well how long is it going to be till we see these another six months <laughs> um, but you know at this point we all kind of just take it in stride I do think that they've never seen the process so mm -hmm. I think whether or not it's uh, my film um, that you know if we can get into safe flight and and you know show us around uh, that I want them at least to see the process because whenever I'm talking about 
you know, the chemicals, even something as simple as like the mono bath. When I'm, when I'm talking to them about that, the first thing that especially my mom says is like, well, be careful with those chemicals. Don't get any chemical burns, wear gloves, wear protective eyewear, wear like a mask, like open all the windows. And I'm like, mom, like calm down. Like, you know, <laughs> you clearly know nothing about this if you think it's that dangerous. Uh, but I also haven't really been able to kind of like teach them about it i would have so to think I, that, hope, I would have to think the la smog is probably worse than what you're doing with that <laughs> yeah and it's not like i can invite them you know into the like to squeeze into the bathroom and you know, <laughs> right see see me do it there like on my knees on the floor uh <laughs> that came out wrong <laughs> <laughs> uh, but actually being in like a, in a large well-equipped community darkroom i think would would make and especially if it was a photo of them you know, if I if I just did a whole roll of um, of pictures of of them, uh, I think that would be really cool. So yeah, yeah, that's the plan. Roloflex with some Ilford Pan F fifty. Uh, I expect you know I haven't checked the weather actually, but I expect it to be you know some some bright, very warm, uh, sunny days down there. So what Roloflex, in California, really? I mean, <laughs> well, we do have this whole thing called June gloom here. Uh, really? But it, yeah, it's like where especially more so like in the mornings, it's just kind of overcast and cloudy, but still hot and muggy. Mm -hmm. um, but so far it's, it's not been too bad and it does seem to be getting better. So yeah, that's kind of what I'm rocking the Roloflex with the Pan F50 for portraits of my parents that I hope to make darkroom prints of um, just for kind of walking around town, documenting stuff. And if we go into a, uh, you know, a, a lower lip building, just attaching the, the flash on there and testing out uh, whether or not I like that kind of aesthetic of that direct, very 90s-esque uh, flash with yeah. the XA and some double X. And, uh, oh, I didn't mention the uh, the one color option that I will be bringing. Um, I actually uh, am going to be testing out four different color stocks. So that's color plus 200. Uh, Kodak Gold 200, Ultramax 400, and uh, ProImage 100. Oh, all, the cheap, order, all the cheapies, yeah. 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 Uh, I would love to be able to shoot, you know, 800T and 50D for everything, but, like, you know, uh, I, there's an appeal to some consumer <laughs> color film. I'm not going to lie. Right, right. <laughs> it's definitely a, a, an attractive price option, and I'm not that good at shooting color anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Which is super ironic for working for a company whose two-thirds of their stock are color. <laughs> Moving on. Um, what I did, so in the attempt of trying to uh, kind of make this a little bit more of a scientific test, uh, I actually cut down, and this honestly has been a revelation to me. Like I'm, I'm starting to kind of think about that in terms of, of you know, helping Michael Bartosek find developing times for the 2238 with uh, our, our new D96. But in color, uh, I cut down those 36 exposure rolls down to more or less, you know, three uh, mini rolls of roughly, give or take, uh, 10 to 12 exposures. And so what I intend to do is to take four shots with each um, of those mini rolls. So meter it handheld with the handheld Siconic light meter and take a shot at box speed, um, overexpose one stop, two stops, and three stops uh, to kind of just see, you know, what it looks like uh, rated differently. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I don't think I want to shoot any underexposed just because no. ideally I would be a color negative. Yeah, yeah. 
so I don't think there's really any point. And shooting only four shots uh, will allow me to, with you know all the kind of slack and, and leader that's burned at the beginning of the roll when you're loading the film SLR, in this case is going to be my Nikon FE, that's already going to give me like you know a few inches of burned leader and mm-hmm. then uh, four good frames. And then I'm just going to rewind it back into the camera so that to the left of those four good frames is going to be just you know blank. What that <clears throat> allows me to do is that at the end of the day, right, I'm going to have these 12 um, rolls that I can then uh, ultrasonically splice with our splicer at the office. Uh, into just four uh, normal rolls so that mm. they'll just you know load up on four 35 millimeter reels to go into the jobo tank uh, to do my normal you know processing at the office so they'll so all be processed the same so they'll yeah. all be processed the same with you know fresh chemistry uh run through the the frontier um or alternatively i could send them out maybe that would make the at least the scanning portion even more um standard i haven't i haven't gotten to that point yet but just this this you know idea of splitting up these rolls into into smaller ones shooting four and leaving blank space on either end of those four good exposures and then splicing them together to make the developing portion uh easier instead of having to do tons and tons of developing sessions i just get to do it all in one go um, has been my little kind of uh, pet project and, and, you know, mini innovation. I'm most likely not the first person to have ever done this, but it is, you know, at least from what I've seen, uh, the, the closest to kind of scientific controlling for as many variables as I can way of testing color film stocks against each other. So are you getting uh, getting all sci- uh, getting scientific on us, Andre? That's uh, it's impressive. A little yeah, a little bit, and with color film, surprisingly. Yeah, because yeah. who well, knows? I it- if this ends up, you know, turning out really well, I mentioned to M that like perhaps this would make a good emulsive. Absolutely. Um, like, yeah. The things that that I'm doing uh, for the most part are not super difficult to to do. Uh, granted, I was assisted by. You know, being in a dark room that has infrared lamps and you know infrared goggles, so I can see, I could see exactly what I was doing. But you know, cutting out a, a, a strip of film from the, uh, from you know, just kind of pulling all of that length out—that's about 12 exposures—is as simple as just you know taping on, uh, you know, a 12 exposure uh, strip of already developed film, you know inside your uh your changing bag or whatever and then just pulling out that length of film so uh none of this needs to be too difficult and you could always you know tape the the rolls together at the at the end if you wanted to decrease the number of developing sessions you wanted to do or staple them um or just kind of bite the bullet and do a bunch but Mm -hmm. essentially for those four uh film stocks i've got uh, three different scenarios that I want to shoot. One is just going to be, uh, you know, a, a portrait of my of my parents to look at, you know, what the skin tones look like under kind of normal lighting, so mm. to speak. Uh, I want to do another portrait session uh, near kind of golden hour uh, mm. because I, with the speed of these films, I'm not doing any like 
nighttime color photography with them. I would be trying to kind of crank out the last few frames during golden hour before the the sun starts setting. And I want to see, you know, especially with like Kodak Gold, um, what those kind of warm, you know, very uh, yellowy, orangey tones that Kodak, uh, that some Kodak color stocks are, are kind of known for. See if that if that's something that uh, really appeals to me. The other one, the third scenario, is more I just want to find something that has a lot of, like as many colors as I can have in a scene, just to sort of see what a, I don't know, generic street photography uh, scene with like, you know, reds and blues and greens and see what, what all that looks like. So I, I think it's a pretty scientific way of, of testing it. And it really doesn't require all that much work on the actual days they're shooting. Cause the FE and with like, and I've got these all labeled with, you know, gaffer tape and, you know, this is uh pro image 100 portrait, uh, you know, normal pro image 100 portrait <laughs> golden hour pro image 100, uh, you know, street photography or whatever. I've got them all labeled and they're each in their own individual uh, plastic bags. So as I'm out, you know, shooting mainly with the Olympus XA, just kind of documenting this trip, uh, taking a few, you know, uh, well-composed, well-metered black and white portraits of my parents with the Roloflex. If I ever come across a scene that, you know, and I only have to come across three of them throughout the whole trip, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, this would be good for the color test. All I need to do is, you know, load up... Uh, four rolls of film right right load up one take a meter reading clack you know decrease my shutter speed uh one stop clack decrease my shutter speed another stop clack and do that one more time since i want to keep the depth of field uh the same um i would rather adjust the shutter speed and tell my parents like do not move uh, (laughs) yeah then adjust the aperture so it's going to be two probably frustrating portrait sessions where I'm telling them not to move while I'm transitioning <laughs> between four, you know, little short rolls of, of film. Uh, and then one street one where I can be like, you know, no, no, go ahead. I'm going to be here for like a few minutes. And right. if this sounds familiar to, you know, for OG listeners to the, the way that I was kind of testing out different black and white stocks with the, uh, uh, Ondu pinhole 35 back when Corey was visiting me, uh, in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, this is where this idea comes from. And the same way that he was kind of laughing at me for you know, <laughs> every time that he would kind of turn back, I was changing uh, to another role of film. It's probably exactly what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, I look forward to the, to the results, man, because, you know, I've shot all those. Well, I haven't shot the pro image yet, but I've shot all those films. And um, but I haven't really done it in a controlled environment like that. So it'll be I think it's going to be a, a, a good I think it'll be very helpful to people that are kind of looking at some of the more like cheaper color films that Kodak offers. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a, a really nice uh, way to kind of see the differences between those emulsions. And uh, mm-hmm. so I think it's, uh, I think, I'm glad you're doing it, man. It'll be a, uh, I think it'll be actually really very helpful for people that are kind of, um, you know, wanting to cut some corners and buy some cheap color film at times. So, uh, because like, I, I like the color plus and the pro image and the stuff in the, even right. the gold and the, it's all, it's all, it's very affordable. Like, uh, and there's the, all those films are, are, are great at certain things. Uh, maybe not, 
maybe not like Portra great, not maybe as bulletproof as like Portra, but you can still, there's certain situations those films really kind of shine at. And uh, uh, I think maybe that will help highlight those, uh, where those, where those films are strong, you know? So, uh, right. Yeah. And uh, I but, can already kind of hear, you know, people saying, Oh, well, Andre, where's the, where's the Lamography? Where's the, where's the Kodak? Um, I just picked four Kodak stocks. The more, the more film stocks that I, um, you know, entered into this equation that's just more work <laughs> more more work i'm i'm using this as a proof of concept it would yeah. be cool at a later date for example to just head over to freestyle and be like hey give me a, a roll of like all the color films you have and, and right yeah put them to the test but this is a this is a proof of concept yeah, and like you know, you can always go back and do uh, round two with like some Fuji stocks or some Lomo stocks or whatever you want to do. Yeah, so yeah, um, uh, good stuff, man. All right, well, um, I am leaving uh, for Florida on Friday, the day after Fourth of July, uh, the day after this podcast comes out. Actually, uh, actually for Fourth of July, I'll be going to a uh, my aunt's Fourth uh, of July party, which is she has a her her house is almost like a uh, it's almost like a vacation resort in itself because they have this huge in-ground pool. And uh, so we're having like a pool party, grilling out, shooting off fireworks, just celebrating America. So I can completely see uh, a sequel to uh, my uh, uh, sunscreen USA dance. Oh, uh, I was hoping you weren't going to go there. I was like, please just gloss over that. Like. So they'll, they'll probably be. Uh, we've, we've probably two. gotten you know a few a few thousand more uh, you know members of the of the Facebook group that are going to be scarred by I by mean, the 2019 edition of. If you, I mean, if you think I'm going to this Fourth uh, July pool party and not doing a USA sunscreen dance, I mean, it's just it, it, uh, that's gonna that's, it has to happen, you know. So, but uh, <laughs> yeah, guys, just you know, avoid avoid social media around the Fourth of July. Just. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Uh. <laughs> but Friday uh, we leave for Florida, and then uh, so that's why their their episodes next week uh, will probably not be coming out. Uh, I do uh, have a possible. I've, I've, I have a thought in my mind that I may do some old school anchor podcast where I literally record uh, some you know ten fifteen minute episodes uh, from vacation. Uh, using the the phone anchor app like I did uh, for I don't know seventy or eighty episodes or so uh, in the early days of the Negative Positives podcast. I'm not making any any uh, promises because I may get in vacation mode and be like hell with it. I'm taking a break from podcasting for a while. And uh, uh, but if I do get the uh, motivation to do it, I, there there may be some episodes pop up next week uh, from uh, live, not necessarily live, but at least recorded on uh, our little Florida trip. Um, but I was telling my wife today. Uh, yeah, I've got to kind of figure out what cameras I'm taking and what film I'm taking. And I'm really stressing out about it. Um, I have, uh, I started making a list and, uh, last year I brought nine cameras and, uh, <laughs> in which people thought was ridiculous, but I shot every single one of those cameras and I came home with a lot of rolls of film. And, uh, so this year I have narrowed it down, uh, you know, really, really Took took some uh, some real insight into what I need to bring, and I think I've narrowed it down to ten cameras this year. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's hear it. Well, I mean, I I don't have the list in front of me, I, it, but it's uh, I mean because I got to take my Hoga, I got to take my Kodak Brownie Hawkeye with a flip lens, I got to take at least two SLRs, be, uh, thirty-five millimeter, because. 
uh, at one at any given time, one of them might have red scaled film in it. So I got to have another one that has normal film in it because uh, not everything works with red scale. I'm obviously bringing my Pentax six seven for a lot of family portraiture. Um, I am bringing uh, we're bringing our new digital Pentax SLR. Uh, to make sure I get some family photos that the, the wife likes before we leave there uh, in case uh, I screw up the film shot. So I got, I got to cover my ass that way. Um, I don't think I'm going to take any instant. Uh, I, I was tempted to bring a Polaroid, but I don't think I'm going to do that. I'm not sure. But, uh, and then I have like, I got to bring my little Pentax, like uh, uh, UC one, the little compact, because that's something when we go out to a restaurant or something, I can put in a pocket and, and take some shots with. And, uh, um, gosh, there's, there's uh, quite a few others, uh, <laughs> but, but the thing I'm is like, surprised you that, like, you're not saying like the six, four, five, like, well, no, I, 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 have, I, did there, the... I did there all day. I, had, I almost th- thought about bringing the six, four, the six, four, five, but mm-hmm. I was like, well, I'm going to have the six, seven. So it, that's sort yeah. of redundant, but, pinhole. um, what's that? Are you going to bring oh, the, yeah, Hoga bring the, uh, the, the Hoga Penho? I have to do that. Yeah, that's coming. And, uh, uh, so, but and you know i've got uh i got a couple also a couple cameras that still have rolls of film in there i want to finish uh like i have a vivitar uh, ultra wide and slim i think i'll probably just take that in. the damn thing's so tiny anyway that won't be nothing to throw that in there and finish that roll up but uh i have a oh i have a beach camera that's uh it's this weird uh, it's called a uh, oh god what is the name of it the S- S- snap sites or something uh it's a, it's this weird okay picture like a a really junky uh plastic you know, the 35 millimeter camera you find in any thrift store for like two or three bucks, but then put that in a waterproof housing. <laughs> and that's what this camera is. And, but it takes really good photos and you, you can get it wet. And it's like a perfect beach film camera. And, uh, uh we did a lot of shots with that last year, uh, on some, uh, Kodak, uh, color plus 200 and, uh, they, they came out great. And so like, uh, yeah, I'm taking that. And, um, we also have a little Olympus digital camera, a little compact. That's a one of those tough series cameras that uh, you can get. It's waterproof and sandproof and all that stuff. We usually take that on the, in the in the beach bag to the beach as well. So yeah, it, it's probably going to be about ten cameras. But you know, the thing is, like, I drive down there. I get it. If I was flying, it would be a completely different thing. But like, you know, we've got room in the in the. Uh, we're renting a renting a Ford uh, Edge to drive down there, by the way. So, and uh, it's, a, it's a great vehicle, uh, Ford, uh, you know, quality's job one. What, what, uh, what happens if you get there to like the rental car place and they're like, oh, I'm so sorry, Mr. Gutterman. Uh, we actually don't have any Fords available. Uh, that we happened do have last a year. Honda Pilot. No, if that, happened last, that, that happened last year. I, I, I rented a Ford <laughs> Escape and I got to, I got to the counter and there, and he starts giving me the key and I'm like, that's not a Ford key. That's a Kia. <laughs> what and, the fuck uh, is this? <laughs> And now he was like, well, that's all we have. I was like, I was like, I am an employee of Ford Motor Company. I'm not driving anything but a Ford vehicle. If you can't give me a Ford, cancel my reservation. And uh, <laughs> he canceled it. And I walked down to three other rental places looking for a Ford and finally made it down to uh, like the fifth place we tried. We were at the airport, the Louisville airport. And there's like, you know, it was like 10 rental car places in that in that area. So finally made it to one that hooked me up with a Ford Escape. And uh, that's what we rented from. So uh, if I get there and they don't have my Ford for me, I'm uh, I'm moving on. And I'm, I'm, I will not drive anything but a Ford. That's just not happening. Well, Mike, <laughs> you know, at the very <laughs> least, you are a man of your convictions. I am, man. Like, you know, like I can't be seen driving some non-Ford product. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's, it's an insult, man. Like, I, 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 Louisville's not a huge town. You, you come back home from... Uh, 
from uh, the Mexico Beach area driving a driving a Kia, driving a Honda, and you stumble right. across one of your coworkers. Ooh, you're going to be the talk of the factory. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, and you know, but, uh, and so I, I don't know, we'll see what it, it, trust me. If, if I get there and they don't have a Ford for me, uh, there's a, I'm going to, there's going to be a, there's going to be a, a temper tantrum thrown and, uh, it's going to be, it's not going to be pretty, but, uh, but so, yeah, but we still, since we drive down there, you know, the amount of cameras I bring is not really an issue. And, a lot of people is like, oh man, you just need to bring one or two and focus, you know. Uh, but no, that's that. Like I shot all nine cameras I brought last year, and uh, and every one of them had a different thing, a different use, a different need, and I used all of them for those different purposes. And I'm going to do the same thing this year, man. And except it's going to instead of nine, it might be ten. So, but but uh, so yeah, it's uh, but I'm super excited about it, man. Uh, the, the the problem with with this kind of situation is I. I can easily kind of figure out what cameras I want to bring, but then, then you got to pair them with the film stocks. So I told my wife, I was like, uh, yeah, I need to, she's like, you need to start packing soon, man. And, and I was like, yeah, yeah, I need to, the packing is going to be easy except for the camera thing. She's like, what do you mean? It's like, well, I gotta, gotta figure out all the film that I want to take and which cameras I'm taking. It's like, yeah, you better, you better start on that. Like right now. <laughs> Cause she, she knows me all too well and I'm, I'm a little stressed out about it. I have a list. I have a, uh, a sort of a, uh, a, a kind of a rough sketch list and, uh, we'll see, uh, what it all uh, comes down to. Uh, I'm going to start packing tomorrow. So uh, I may do a face cast of all, of all the uh, cameras and film I decide to take. And I'm going to take, I, I will admit, I'm going to take way too much film because where we're going is, uh, there's, if you run out of film, there's probably not anywhere to buy film. So I, yeah. I have to, I'm going to err on the side of having too much definitely on that. So, uh, but, uh, so yeah, it's going to be interesting, man. Uh, so I'm, I'm super excited about it and, uh, just looking forward to some, some downtime with the family and, and kind of not really going to where we wanted to go because we were going to go to Mexico beach, uh, and the place we had rented, uh, I talked about this on the podcast. Uh, it's not going to be ready because the construction company that's uh, trying to rebuild that place, uh, they're not going to have it ready in time. So they they set us up in a place called Cape San Blas, which is it's a island that kind of comes out in front of Mexico Beach. So when you're sitting on Mexico Beach, like we have been for ten years, you looked out in the ocean, and way out in the ocean, you could see this island come out and that's cape san blast so we've been looking at it for 10 years and so now we're actually going to be on that cape it's probably about a half hour drive from mexico beach so i am hoping to uh i told the wife i'm, I'm hoping to get up around dawn um uh, at least a, a couple of days and drive into mexico beach and and get some shots of the of, of maybe hopefully some rebuilding going on there so if i ever do uh, eventually ever get this uh kind of mexico beach project zine or whatever i want to do with that I would like to have some photos of kind of them in the rebuilding stage, but I did see some video of that place from a couple of weeks ago where they had like a drone going over the beach and like <clears throat> the entire beach is just empty. Like there's nothing there. Like the buildings are gone. They haven't even rebuilt them yet. Like it's just miles of like just sand where nothing like, I, I guess rather than rebuilding the old buildings, they had to completely tear them down because they weren't built to hurricane standards. And so th- everything's just been wiped out and they're starting from fresh, like starting from ground floor again. So like there was just miles of like nothing. So I don't know if there's going to even be anything there to photograph. So, uh, but we'll have to drive through there to get to our destination, uh, on the Cape. So I'll be able to, as soon as we enter that area, 
driving there, I'll be able to kind of see if there's even anything to worth photographing, you know, right. at, at that point. So, uh, but, so I'll get a good indication when I get there, but it's going to be a little bit depressing, man, to kind of drive right. into that town and like, see like everything you recognize from that area is gone, you know? So that one, one thing that you could do, for example, is if there's any other kind of like identifying, you know, landmarks, like, I don't know if there's like telephone poles or, or, things like that where you could kind of sync up the and this is something that that robert brown and i have been talking about recently uh where he he showed me i think it was a website where you essentially can like you know put in uh like a zip code or or anything or an address and it'll show you pictures of that place from you know way back when and then now so you can see the difference Mm. if if there are uh you know, places that you know that you've photographed before, going back to those particular areas and kind of trying to compose the shot the same, you know, yeah. this is where like there is this like, I don't know, this uh, bait shop or this, you know, little restaurant. And now it's, you know, a pile of rubble or just, you know, bulldozed sand. Like that could be an interesting way of, of, um, if there is like well and truly nothing there or very little there that traditionally you could be like, you know, Oh, I could photograph this. You could almost make like a diptych of, of the two images. Mm. If you're able to compose them similarly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a very good idea. Yeah. And I'll get a, like I said, I'll get a, a really good idea of how much is possible with that when right. I, cause I'll have to drive through that town to get to our, our, our final mm-hmm. destination. So, uh, but we'll see how that goes. But um, yeah. again, I'm not making any promises, but there may be some um, some short 10, 15 minute uh, updates uh, for the, using the, using Anchor with my phone like I used to right. like back in the day. So uh, that may happen if it doesn't. Don't that just means I'm I'm drinking way too much and having too much fun. So uh, but, uh, but I'm not making any promises, but there may be some there, even though we're not going to have an episode for a week or two. Uh, 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 there, there may be a couple of little surprise pop-ups next week. So, uh, right. uh, but yeah, so, uh, I'm really looking forward to it, man. And, uh, so yeah, but you're, you're also doing some super eight, right? Yes, I am. And actually I emailed Mike Rosso, uh, today. Uh, I was like, Mike, uh, I'm going to shoot, like, I have two cartridges of super eight. Uh, so that's about six minutes of footage. I think that's enough to get me through a week because it's going to be very quick ins and outs, really quick cuts, you know, because when you don't want to shoot like, uh, four minutes of a Mexico beach sign or something like that. But I, so like, uh, so it's gonna be very quick cuts and I feel like six minutes will get me through, uh, uh, two cartridges will get me through the week if I just kind of hit some highlights real quick. Uh, but I've never shot super eight before. And Mike has actually used this camera, uh, for several FPP recordings and stuff. So I hit him up on email, uh, yesterday, uh, to see if I could get on the phone with him. And, uh, he, so he sent me an email back for me to call him. Uh, and so I'm going to talk to Mike, uh, Rosso from the film photography project, uh, probably tomorrow and, uh, kind of get some tips because I want, I don't want to screw this up, man. Like super eight's not cheap. And plus like, not only is it not cheap, like, you know, these are vacation moments, man. You don't want to lose these damn things. Like you want to do it right. You know? And, uh, I've got two, uh, reels of, uh, two cartridges of the 50 D Kodak 50 D. So, uh, I feel like with, with good sun and, uh, you know, I should, I should be able to, uh, shoot that pretty properly. I'm, I'm assuming, but I just want to get some confirmation with somebody that's actually used that camera and, and, uh, from somebody that's a pro at this stuff, because this will be my first time doing it and I, I just don't want to screw it up. So, you know, but, uh, yeah, but I'm really looking forward to, uh, cause, uh, my plan with the super eight is I'm going to, you know, uh, film this footage, these two cartridges, send them in 
get the scans back and all that stuff. And then I want to like score the score the vacation footage with music that I write. I think it'd be a kind of a fun project to take some family uh, vacation footage on Super 8 and then write music uh, and record to put over over top the uh, the videos. I think it'll be a, a fun kind of way I can tie photography and my music passion together in a way that will actually mean something uh, mm-hmm. 10 years from now. So I, I'm that's kind of my my goal with that. Uh, so if I can make one suggestion that actually kind of impacts both the the scoring and the the video itself, think about how much time wise uh, you need for kind of like an intro, uh, like mm. song wise, and then mm-hmm. also you know be very cognizant of what the beginning uh, and the end of the yeah. the two uh, cartridges look like like everything else like you don't know what's going to happen there uh right but you can kind of pre-visualize or like storyboard like what you want to kind of have at the beginning of each cartridge uh to look like yeah yeah the beginning and the end would be really important i think Mm -hmm. uh some simple some simple shots that kind of like set the scene and then end this in the end the trip uh would be yeah how to how to start and end that thing yeah that's a good point that's something i have to think about yeah um, yeah, so. uh, you're 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 welcome, Mr. Gutterman. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we have a uh, uh, a bunch of emails around the world. We got like three emails to get to, and uh, so Andre, how about we take a take a break, and then we'll get to uh, emails in the next segment. Sounds good. All right. So we'll take a break, and we'll be right back, folks. All right, folks, we're back from the break, and uh, I want to answer a couple of emails here. Uh, the first one is from Junior Wyatt, and uh, he actually sent in some dad jokes. And uh, I made a call out for dad jokes on the Facebook group. I think I might have even mentioned it on the podcast. I can't remember. I can't keep them all straight. Maybe it was just a face cast or something. But uh, So he sent in some dad jokes, and uh, and that brings up a kind of a, a competition we want to have. I, I, I'm being completely selfish about this stuff because um, – I want more dad jokes just to just to basically irritate my sons with, especially since we're going on this Florida trip. We're going to be in the car for like 10 hours. I need plenty of dad jokes to, to just annoy the hell out of them. So uh, that's kind of where this all came from. But uh, so Junior sends a, a couple of dad jokes in through the, to the email. He says, I have two jokes for you. Uh, number one, three years ago, my doctor told me I was going deaf. I haven't heard from him since. <laughs> Uh, well, you're not only annoying your your sons, but also your your co-host and spiritual son. <laughs> Number two, uh, my girlfriend poked me in the eyes, so I stopped seeing her for a while. <laughs> what? Um, what? Nothing. Just keep going. Let it end soon. <laughs> so anyway. me out of my misery. <laughs> so we have a. Uh, Stanley Phillips uh, reached out to me on uh, Facebook Messenger, and he has uh, some expired Fuji Superior 1600 film. He has like uh, six rows of it. He wants to give away. 
Uh, he says he's probably never going to shoot it. Maybe somebody else can use it. So he wants to give like two rows to three different winners, basically. So we got three winners in this in this in this possible uh, in this in this new contest. Uh, so basically, what I'm asking for in the month of July. Uh, send in more dad jokes uh, and uh, to the the, the email uh, address negpositives at gmail.com and we will figure out what the three best dad jokes that we receive uh, in the month of July and uh, I'll get a hold of Stanley and let him know who the winners are and uh, uh, you can possibly win two rolls of uh, expired uh, Fuji Superior 1600 film so there'll be three winners of the best dad jokes that we receive in the in the month of July. So uh, just a little call out for bad dad, dad jokes. <laughs> so this is not what I what I expected when when we have like you know our our offline meetings of like well how how can we make the podcast better? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, sometimes I think we I think we sometimes we got to you know. I think we got to sometimes lower our standards uh, at, at Tad's because I mean, we're getting too professional. Isn't that right? Like, I don't know. Right. Uh, well, you know, the <laughs> hypersensitive photographers, I mean, they've, they've lowered their standards so much and they seem to be getting lots of, of, uh, of traction. Um, That's true. That's true. You know, yeah. just filling in all the nooks and crannies of their content with, uh, with crumpet related jokes and memes. <laughs> so, I mean, ah, well, they've got their crumpets. They're we, doing it. We, we have our dad jokes, so I think it's good. I think we're good. So, uh, all right. So let's get to uh, a couple of the emails. We got two more emails to get to. Uh, this one's from uh, Chris Marinari, and uh, hopefully, I got your last name uh, correct. I'm sure it's not Marinara. <laughs> so it's, I'm sure it's Marinari. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, Chris, if you shoot him a Mia, then maybe it is uh, Marinara, but. Uh, uh, but <laughs> I think it's Marinari. <laughs> but uh, anyway, he says, uh, hey, Mike and Andre, uh, keep up the great work on the podcast. You two consistently put out the most entertaining film photography podcast out there. Thank you for that. Well, thank you, Chris. That's uh, super awesome for you to say, man. That's uh, super cool. Uh, he says, I have a quick question for Andre. I wasn't sure if it deserved time on the show or not, but I figured I would ask. Perhaps he could use it during a solo show. Well, this is technically supposed to be an Andre solo show, but... Uh, uh, yeah, so this will work. I process all my film using Jobo tanks and a rotary processor. It's so much easier than trying to remember to agitate every 30 seconds. C41 kits come with directions for rotary processing, and I've also found info on using D76 and HC110 in a Jobo tank. Uh, that's what I use now, but I end up waiting until I have a batch of the same film to process them all at once. I'm really interested in the... Cinestill monobath to be able to mix different films in the tank at the same time. The directions mention constant agitation as a processing option, but I haven't found any info from someone who has actually done it. Has Cinestill used the DF96 in, in a rotary processor with good results? Thanks, guys. Chris Marinari. There you go, Andre. That I'm going to let you take this because I have no idea about any of this shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Thanks, Chris. Uh, just uh, before I kind of answer that, uh, you guys are obviously able to to ask questions uh, relating to Cinestill stuff through the podcast. But uh, if you would like to also send that over to support at CinestillFilm.com, uh, I would appreciate that. Regarding monobath and constant agitation, there's essentially three different uh, time uh, temperature. Well, it's mainly temperature agitation uh combinations that are used with the monobath so uh, it's basically designed to be used at any uh, room temperature depending on the 
you know, the ambient temperature of, of wherever you're living. Uh, at 70 degrees, the agitation that you should be using is like minimal agitation. What does that mean? Uh, basically, just, you know, very kind of like five seconds of gentle uh, inversions at the top of every minute. Uh, at 75, and these are all plus or minus two degrees Fahrenheit. At 75 degrees, you should be uh, using just your kind of standard intermittent agitation. Uh, so, you know, 10 seconds of agitation at the top of every minute. And at 80 degrees, you should be doing uh, constant agitation. So if Chris or anybody else there uh, wants to, for example, uh, use constant agitation, uh, they would just need to make sure that their monobath is at 80 degrees Fahrenheit. Because Chris is using a Jobo tank, that's, you know, and a Jobo rotary processor, it's super easy because he can just, you know, heat up the, the chemistry itself up to 80 degrees Fahrenheit and have the, you know, the water keeping everything nice and, and warm that way. Uh, but it also does help for, you know, things like the, the lab box, for example. I strongly suspect that when I do a live stream of processing the film that I shoot in San Diego, uh, the black and white stuff, mm -hmm. that the the heat here in my house will have that that monobath pretty darn close to 80 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, and so I'll be doing constant agitation in the the lab box, which according to their instructions, constant agitation does ensure, you know, the, the most consistent results since you've got the, the chemistry, you know, uh, kind of halfway or not entirely submerged. And then you're having to constantly kind of wind that crank. So, uh, whatever it is that you're doing, whatever kind of developing tank or, or, uh, processor or anything like that that you're doing, if you are interested in uh, constant agitation, just know that you should be developing uh, at 80 degrees Fahrenheit. With regards to using multiple different film stocks in DF96 at the same time, uh, please, I mean, all of this, you know, preempting all of this, please do read the full PDF instruction manual for the monobath. It is, of course, designed to be simple and easy to use, but Different film stocks do sometimes have uh, special recommendations, um, chemical reuse in terms of adding time, uh, the relationship between T-grain films and monobath in that you need to uh, develop, well, essentially process for longer because of the required longer fixing time of T-grain emulsions. All of this is contained within the full PDF instruction manual. The printed label on the bottle of the liquid kits or on the label of the powder kits is just there for reference if you're, you know, forgetting the the temperature agitation uh, combination that's uh, correct. But if you are, you know, mixing together uh, different films, just use the processing time for the film that require the film type that requires the longest amount of time. So if you're doing a bunch of cubic grain emulsions, which you know, basically all kind of act the, the same. Uh, and then you've got one roll of T-Max or Ilford Delta in there, which is a T-grain emulsion. You would just need to process for the length of time for that T-grain emulsion. Leaving in all those cubic grain uh, films in there in the same tank for longer isn't going to harm them at all. It's a self-completing process. You cannot overdevelop 
or overfix in DF96 Monobath. Uh, so yeah, I hope that wasn't uh, too confusing. Really, the, the manual explains it super well, nice and easy, has a wonderful uh, and super useful film chart that just shows if you rated your film at this you know, ISO, these are the three time temperature agitation combinations that you should use. So that chart is indispensable. And of course, uh, your friendly neighborhood Cinestill uh, <laughs> support person is available to help and hop on the phone with you, uh, answer any questions that you may have. Awesome. I, and I, I thought I was going to have some questions to ask you, but you, you did a fine job uh, explaining that. I was going to actually, my question was going to be like, if you did, I only do it and, every day. <laughs> if, you, if you did T max and tri X and the same thing, you'd basically use uh, T max fixing times because you're not worried about the tri X over fixing. So yeah. Uh, yeah. So it makes sense. That, that was going to be my question, but you answered that. So, well, well you know what? I, I, I feel like maybe there's a reason still has you as an employee. I don't know. I feel like you, you might know what <laughs> well, you're talking about, a tad. I don't know. You know, but, July 14th will be my six-month point, and, uh, you know, they haven't fired me yet. So. <laughs> well, there's still time. We'll see. But, uh, <laughs> all right. So let's get on to the next email. This is uh, from Sean Portnoy, and he is uh, talking about um, – I had a solo show where I was talking about how I've been real lazy about using filters. Uh, and uh, so he sent an email about that. He says, uh, hey, Mike, I was just listening to your solo show from the other night where you talked about being too lazy to take filters with you when you go out shooting. I can't say I'm lazy about carrying, carrying filters, but I can say I have the same issue when it comes to my tripod. I feel like it's such a uh, hassle not only to schlep the thing along, but also to set it up, switch cameras, get it level, etc. And yet... My photos are usually better whenever I make the effort to use it. Question for the show. Are there any other aspects of the photography process, whether shooting or developing or whatever, that lead to similar laziness? Thanks. Sean Portnoy. And Sean is on Instagram at Grooves1200. That is G-R-O-O-V-E-S-1200. Grooves1200 on Instagram. Well, thank you, Sean, for the, uh, the email. And... Uh, yeah, I think my biggest laziness has been filters. Um, but I will say, uh, up until recently, I've been lazy about developer choices. Like I kind of settled on early on, I was T max and then I went to D 76 for about a year or two. And now I've been on HC 110 for a, a year or so. And I've never really like, uh, kind of dived into like what films are best with which, which developers. So I have been a little lazy about experimenting with different mm -hmm. developers. I kind of get, uh, take the safe route and just use what I'm used to, even though maybe some films will be better in different developers, but I have in the last month or so kind of, uh, got a, uh, I've ordered a bunch of different developers and kind of my goal is to start experimenting more with develop, uh, developers with certain film combinations and see which ones work best for, with which, uh, films or whatever. And so I have been a little lazy about, uh, just uh, just kind of settling on HC 110 for a long time and you're using it for everything, even though maybe that certain emulsions would be better in other developers. So I've been lazy about that. That's another avenue where I've been lazy. And Andre and I talked during the break about some other things that we've been uh, mm -hmm. lazy about at times. So Andre, where are you at with that? Uh, I will get to that in a minute, but now that I've kind of explained my process of, of you know, pretty scientifically kind of shooting the, the same exact, uh, photo with different film stocks you could always you know keep the developer choice the same uh and then shoot 
you know, some of the common film stocks that you shoot, do that for two or three different developers, scan, label everything, scan them all, and see, you know, finally, once and for all, uh, which developers you like with different film stocks. Mm-hmm. Just a recommendation. Yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of me, what's the main thing that I am lazy about? Uh, really, I, agree. I, I will agree. I'm lazy about tripods, man. Like literally, the only time I've used a tripod in the last year has been doing self portraits, uh, or, or do, not not self portraits, but doing like family portraits on the beach where I have to like set up the camera and then run in, into the scene, or my pinhole camera. That's literally the only times I've used tripods in probably the last two or three years. So, but yeah, go ahead. For me, or my night, main night thing- photography, night photography, yeah, but. For me, my main thing recently, as I've been, you know, shooting more uh, SLRs, uh, mainly because I have basically sold off all of my Leica rangefinders. Not not forever. Uh, I, I hope to be returning to that system in the not too distant future. Um, but it's mainly uh, polarizing filters. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of times that like I'm shooting something with reflective surfaces, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, windows or or um, like window displays that I, I kind of just forget that it's that reflective and then the image comes out ruined and, and I keep thinking to myself like, God damn it, would it be so hard to just put like a 52 millimeter uh, <laughs> polarizing filter in my bag? Like, right. And I have one. That's the most frustrating thing. It's just that I don't put it in the bag. Yeah, like I, I keep in my bag. Like I was in the episode he's talking about, I was talking about uh, filters for black and white photography, the yellow, red, and orange filters are for black and white photography. But I completely forgot about polarizing filters, which I keep in my bag as well. Uh, for I pretty much have a, a polarizer that will fit all my lenses, even if I have to use like a step-up adapter or whatever to, to make them fit. I, I have a way to use a polarizer on any, basically, film camera I take out. And I... I I think the last time I shot a polarizing filter was probably back in my digital dark ages, man. I, I still I always forget about it. And like polarizers can make your, your photos pop so much. Like, uh, with, uh, especially I have so many window shots where there's like reflections of cars across the street from the window or, or my dumbass appears in the damn photo <laughs> reflecting in the window or whatever. And I always forget to put that polarizer on there. And it's just like, it's uh, it's such an easy thing to do, and I'm I'm lazy about it as well. Like it, uh, it just drives me crazy. Is there anything bad about just keeping it on there? Well, I mean, you lose a lot of light. I mean, it that does cut down on light quite a bit, yeah, a you know. Bit. But uh, but I mean, if you're shooting like uh, you know, if you're shooting like Tri-X on a sunny day or something, you know, 400 speed, or if, especially if you're shooting it at 1600, you might might benefit from it you know you can actually use a polarizer more as an nd filter in a way and uh and cut the reflections and lose uh, and you know and get your shutter speeds manageable or whatever if you're shooting like uh, say tri-x at 1600 on a sunny day uh, the bare minimum you could throw a polarizer on there and help you out a little bit with that uh uh yeah i don't know like i i, 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 I then now that you brought it up I'm, I'm completely lazy about polarizers as well i feel like there's i feel like there's like Four filters you should pretty much definitely, well, actually probably five. There's probably five filters you should have in your bag at all times. I feel like a polarizer, some sort of ND filter, uh, and then yellow, orange, and red for your black and white. I feel like there's five filters you really should have, and and I've got them. I, like, I've, I've got my camera bag is stocked and ready to put any of those filters on any of my lenses 
either they fit the lens uh, natively or through like step up rings or whatever. Because uh, I usually try to buy a bigger, the biggest lens filter I need, and then if I have to, I can put it on a smaller lens or whatever. Uh, but I just don't use them, man, and I, I don't know why I don't use them. Uh, I, actually, another thing that I've run into this so many times. And I'm real lazy about this. Like the graduated uh, neutral density filters where like, say you're taking a scene where the sky is going to be really bright and you have to either choose to expose for the landscape or the sky. If you expose for the sky, the landscape is going to be really dark. If you expose for the landscape, the sky is going to blow out and be white. Like neutral density filters uh, with the, the graduated ones where you can kind of like knock down the exposure of the sky uh and then and get the exposure more even i've got those i never use them i i I can't remember i don't know if i've ever used them and i've got them i got a complete set in my bag and i I don't use them and uh i don't know why because i've had so many shots where oh yeah those trees and that grass and that or that ocean looks great but the sky is completely white because uh you know i didn't uh put on this stupid graduated neutral density filter and uh, honestly just, i've never i've never found the the need to to use them uh, yep. I, I considered getting them back when i shot digital but mm-hmm. like the the exposure latitude of, of you know f- with film I've never really had a, a situation, unless you were like shooting slide film or something like that. Yeah, you, I where mean, I've, I've, had, I've ever had to use them. I, I feel like I've had many a situations where I mean, now granted, uh, I can usually get a, a usable exposure out of it, but I, it I realized helps. if I'd used to, if I, if, oh, if I, if I had put like a graduated uh, neutral density filter on like a, a landscape scene with uh, where the sky was really bright, like, the clouds would have popped more if I had knocked the exposure down a tad on those. And uh, it just would have been a better photo, you know, and I've been uh, supremely lazy. I've been lazy about filters in general. And uh, I don't know why, because when I first got into film photography, I was all about filters. And like I, every single photo I took was like, okay, I've got these filters with me. Is there something I need to throw on here to make this better? And since I've gotten back into film in the last four or five years or whatever, however, however long it's been, I can't remember the last time I put a filter up on my lens. And, um, and I hate it. It's not helping me. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But anyway, uh, thank you. Uh, uh, thank you, Sean, so much for the, uh, for the email. And uh, it's making me realize how much of a slacker I am. So, but uh, <laughs> so we appreciate that. But uh, and also the the kind comments uh, uh, as well. So, uh, but anyway, uh, Andre, I think we should maybe take take another break and then figure out what kind of how we're going to finish the show. Right? Sounds good. All right, so we'll take a break and we will be right back, folks. Right, folks we're back for the final segment and uh we uh, since this is a midweek episode even though it's not like a solo show we normally do we, we gotta uh, you gotta do the uh, put in some sort of call-in camera view right it's kind of the tradition so uh we're gonna put in a call-in camera view from ian fleming uh he has been probably our most prolific call-in camera viewer is that right andre i feel like he's probably sent us the most right at least in recent memory <laughs> yeah yeah 
So he is sending us one for the Voigtlander Bessa R2. Uh, it's funny because I now have a, what, what is this camera? This Zeiss Icon Voigtlander uh, 500AE Vitessa. So I'm kind of in that family, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but let's listen to uh, what Ian Fleming has to say about the Voigtlander Bessa R2. Hi, Mike and Andre. It's Ian Fleming with a call-in camera review of the Voigtlander Bessa R2, a rather lovely rangefinder, um, which I have. Uh, it's a great camera, this one. Uh, if you like rangefinders, this is the one that Leica should have made, in my opinion. Um, what do you get? Well, you get a lovely bright rangefinder uh, with frame lines uh, for... He says trying to get onto the... Um, frame lines for 35, 90, 75 and 50. Um, Lovely bright rangefinder. It's like an M-mount. So Ian, of course, doesn't have any M-mount lenses. But I do have some uh, LTM uh, Leica thread mount lenses. And I have the um, Voigtland, some of the Voigtlander ones. And the lens I tend to use with this camera most is the 35mm Coloscopar, which is a lovely lens. I don't have a lens cap. This avoids the usual gotcha on a rangefinder of taking pictures with the lens cap on. I have the Voigtlander... um, uh, Ray ray shield, as I call it, uh, and a... um, and a filter just to protect the lens. Um, so uh, it's uh, got fully manual camera, no autos. It's got nice metering um, and easy to see LED. You've got plus arrow, minus arrow, and center LED. Um, it, nice high speed, um, high speed shutter. Uh, goes up to two thousand. Some flash sync at one twenty fifth. It's also got, um, I think it goes from 25 to 3,200 ISO. Um, I use my R mount lenses, LTM lenses, with a, just with the um, M mount adapter. Um, so all in all, the other thing I like about this camera, unlike the blessed Barnett Leicas, is it's easy to load. You don't have to stick the film up its bottom. Uh, so it's a great camera, all in all. Uh, it's really what Leica should have made as an entry-level Leica, in my opinion. So that's my brief review of the lovely Voigtlander Besser R2 uh, modern, well, finished, uh, discontinued in uh, 2004 rangefinder. Uh, all the best. Stay positive. Keep shooting film from Ian Fleming. All right. Well, thank you, Ian Fleming, for the uh, review, the Colin Cam review of the Voigtlander Bessa R2. And, uh, yeah, we're starting to run through these a little bit. We got uh, three or four, maybe five uh, in the queue or whatever. But if you guys want to send in any sort of uh, call-ins, uh, we, we always, uh, you know, definitely uh, support that. And, you know, I feel like we all we've really gotten is Colin camera reviews. And I feel like I, I kind of like to hear projects you're working on or uh, film developing disasters or or fines or anything anything involving film photography. It doesn't have to be a calling camera review, but we haven't really gotten many that, that aren't calling camera reviews, Andre. What, how, how can we get people to, to I don't know, send us a funny film debacle or something? I don't know. Like, what do we got to do there? Well, you could always they could always send in uh, the the dad jokes via Colin <laughs> camera view. That It'd is be true. nice to hear them in in uh, a voice other than yours occasionally. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like my I feel like my voice is pretty dad joke approved though, so I don't. 
<laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, just uh, anything you want to send in, man. Like, uh, we will definitely put it on the air. So, uh, there's no reason for mm-hmm. your voices not to be heard on this podcast. So, uh, especially uh, if you are, you know, not somebody that uses Facebook, obviously, uh, we, we kind of think of the Facebook group as the, as the little kind of meeting place of the negative positives, uh, community. But not everybody uses Facebook. If you are one of those people, a uh, call in sans face cast <laughs> is a, is an interesting way of kind of uh, getting your your voice out there, sharing the things that you're working on uh, with the the rest of our community. Yeah, and I think like Ian Fleming, who has sent us a lot of call in camera views. I don't think he's actually on the Facebook group. I don't think he's on Facebook. As a matter of fact, I'm not sure if he's on much social media at all. I th- he, I think he might be on Instagram. I can't remember. He probably is, but, uh, but I don't think he's on the group. Uh, so like, you know, if you're not on the group, that's, that's fine. I, I get it. A lot of people hate Facebook, Facebook and all that. It's uh, but I'm going to tell you guys, look, I hate Facebook too. And I never check my personal account. I know you guys send me like friend requests and stuff and I'll accept them, but I'm never going to see your post cause I'll never go to my normal Facebook. And the only reason I go to Facebook is for the Facebook group, the negative process Facebook group. And so like, yeah, you can join that. And, uh, it's you don't have to get on regular Facebook and see all the political bullshit or whatever. So like, uh, yeah, I, I know I, I understand why people hate Facebook, uh, a lot, but, uh, the group is, uh, a different thing, but just saying, yeah. Yeah, and if you want to, like, you know, create a new account just for the the Facebook group, I'm not telling you what to do, but, you know, we, we, <laughs> we do have a lot of fun in there. And if you're only using it for the the group, uh, like like I do, like Mike does, um, it really is, uh, brings brings a whole new level to, to just enjoying this uh, this community. Right. I mean, well, basically what we're basically saying is uh, it makes this – this podcast more enjoyable and, and less painful possibly. So I think it's a, <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, uh, I guess we can go ahead and wrap this one up, Andre. And, um, man, it's been, it's been fun to kind of have an old school episode with you, man. It's been a while since we do this. I, th- I think Andre and I talked during the break that, uh, this is something maybe we'll make like one of the midweek episodes a month, uh, rather than just being me or Andre by ourselves, uh, maybe kind of doing this once a month. And, uh, so if you guys kind of, kind of dug having a, an old school negative positives, just me and Andre, or on, actually, I guess in proper English, Andre and I, uh, you know, I think, uh, we would, uh, like to hear what your thoughts on that. Cause I think it's something that, uh, we would like to do. I mean, basically Andre and I talk a lot on the phone late at night and, uh, uh, why not? And rather than talking on the phone and wasting all this, just, just, just stellar intellectual film talk on just for no one to hear, why not make a podcast out of it? Right. Andre, I, I don't know. I mean, there, there, there are definitely some conversations that we like to we like to keep on the private phone conversations. But <laughs> right? Yeah, when when we've got calling camera reviews and questions, and we're remaining mostly film uh, related, throw in a few dad jokes here and there. You know, <laughs> I, I think once a month is a is a great uh, frequency for this kind of old school throwback uh, negative positives midweek show. I agree. I agree. And Andre, I got to say, man, uh, I know we're both uh, kind of going on some trips here soon. Uh, man, safe travels. Have a lot of fun, man. And uh, take a lot of cool film photos, man. Absolutely. Same to you and your family, my friend. Thank you, sir. All right, Andre, where can people check out your work? People can check out my film photography and watch stuff on Instagram at Andre on Film. You can also send any Cinestill uh, customer service related questions to <laughs> support at com. 
There you go. Wow, wow, that's 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 new. That's a that's a new little little angle you threw in there. You know, we we are launching. We just launched some new chemistry, and uh, our film is back in stock. Uh, some uh, some formats of our film are back in stock. So oh. you know, people people might be buying. People might be having questions, etc. Um, oh, so keep in mind, feeling, though, basically, basically, you're feeling more confident now, and uh, throwing that out there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, keep in mind, though, folks, uh, I am the only person that runs support at Cinestill, and my work hours are nine to five. I would <laughs> love to help you twenty four seven, but I am not paid to do that, and my free time is very much appreciated. So, if you you know send in a question uh, to the email uh, address at like. Friday after uh, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and I don't get to you until, you know, Monday, 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. That is why I'm not ignoring you. I am just enjoying my weekend. (laughs) As everyone should, as everyone should. So. All right, you can see my photography on uh, Instagram at Gutterman Photo, on Facebook at Mike Gutterman Photography. Uh, you can uh, email this program at negpositives at gmail.com. That's where you can send in your dad jokes for the competition uh, to win Stanley Phillips, uh, <laughs> to possibly win two rows of uh, Fuji, expired Fuji Superior 1600 for the month of July. And uh, let's see here. And also your call and camera reviews. Uh, very easy. Just use your phone recorder app. There's a there's a voice recording app on your most smart smarty phones these days, and uh, you can uh, send those files to that that email address, and we can get them on the show. Uh, let's see what else here. We have the Facebook group, the Negative Positive Film Photography Podcast Facebook group, and uh, if you're on Instagram, uh, we have a uh, account Negative Positives on Instagram, mostly ran by a friend of the show, Mr. Bryce Randall. If you submit photos to Instagram, think about the hashtag Negative Positives. And if Bryce finds that uh, that photo, maybe he'll highlight it on the Negative Positives uh, Instagram account. Okay, well, I think that's it. And uh, we it may be uh, a bit before we talk to you again because I'm going to be on vacation and taking a break from podcasting. Um, uh, unless I get Randy and decide that I want to um, uh, do some old school f- live from Florida, <laughs> uh, Facebook uh, or not Facebook uh, 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 shit anchor uh, recordings from my phone. Uh, I even have recorded some surf music uh, if I do that to use for the breaks. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. Oh, <laughs> But uh, uh, I don't know if that'll happen or not. I may just start having too much fun and having too much fun shooting photos and, and drinking beer and all that stuff. But uh, it, it, there's a chance that you might you might hear from me uh, through in the next week. Uh, if not, it might be a little little break for us. Uh, I think a, a well deserved break, right, Andre? I feel like you know every once in a while I we can. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just, I mean, I think you know, I think we may- I think we we bother people enough with like two episodes <laughs> a week, so. Oh gosh! Yeah, no, I, I've been kind of you know, uh, you know, meeting more people down here in Southern California, and eventually, obviously, the the podcast comes up, and they they ask what it is, they look it up, and they're like, "You guys have two hundred and forty episodes." I'm like, "Well, eighty of those were like within the first like month, it seems." <laughs> to be fair, and then it's twice a week, so it adds up. Yeah, it does. It does. So. But we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, no promises, but you might you might hear from me uh, through the next week. So, okay, uh, let's wrap this up. Andre, uh, fun chatting with you, man. It's fun having a, an old school episode. And, uh, yeah, good times. Absolutely.
All right. So uh, everybody have a great rest of the week and possibly all next week. If we don't talk to you uh, before then, uh, I think I don't know who we have coming up uh, when I come back from vacation. I, it might be might be Bill Manning. I have to I have to look that up. But uh, so we'll, we'll find out. I shouldn't have thrown that out there until I know for sure. But uh, but yeah, we've got a guest lined up for when I come back. So uh, and. Obviously, we have moved the Sunday recordings to Monday recordings, so these episodes will start, uh, the, the weekend episodes will start coming out on Tuesday mornings, so just to kind of a heads up on that as well, so in case you haven't realized that. But okay, so uh, until we talk to you again, everybody stay positive. And shoot some cool film photos. All right. Thank you all. We'll see you soon. Production!